The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or visit rg-help.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Ringer Gambling Show. This is the two-parter that comes every Wednesday evening, Thursday morning. It's Asakiel Raheem Palmer talking NFL, specifically the Thursday night matchup. And then we'll bring in Roger Sherman to talk some college football. Biggest game of the season in college football. If you're a college football fan, Tennessee, Georgia in Athens. Going to be an absolutely electric atmosphere. I'm excited for that game. But let's talk some NFL. Last week, we saw a ton of money get dumped on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night football. And the Ravens end up pulling that out and... Tom Brady, the Bucs continue to be in the worst way in the headlines. And they, they just can't write the ship right now. They're still minus money to make the postseason. I was talking to Warren Sharp on another podcast on this feed about the Bucs and have an opportunity against the Rams. I think they're favored by two and a half at home to resurge in the, in the postseason. But what were your reactions before we get into this week's game, Houston versus Philadelphia? What were your reactions from, one, the money going on Tampa and then obviously the game going the other way? Well, you know, last week you actually had to read that you said there's no reason why we shouldn't be betting on on Baltimore. And yeah. I kind of told you that the money would come in on the Bucks. Of course, the money did come on the Bucks, pushing this line from plus one to minus two, minus two and a half in some spots. And so it's just like I gave you the right market read. But yeah. for the football reasons, it just didn't play out. I mean, the first half, the Bucks looked pretty good, but it felt like when the script wore off, it just felt like they were just too decimated. And they were too decimated on defense, and then the offense still has yet to find itself in sync. So I, I just don't know what you do with this Bucks team. It's just looking like they're just not going to be good this year. I, I still feel that, you know, you were right to talk me out of it with where the money went. I, I think when you, the, you can't understate how bad or overstate, I don't know what I'm saying, but the Bucks run <laughs> rushing offense is bad. Like the Bucks rushing offense is not just the worst in the NFL. It might be like, it might be the worst in the XFL at this point. Like, they can't create yards after the contact. They can't create yards before first contact. And they're not running the ball a lot because of it. They have the worst rushing offense in EPA per rush. And they have the worst rushing offense in yards after contact per attempt. And they run the ball at the least 
frequent rate. I think it's only like 31% of offensive plays. It, it forces them to be one-dimensional. They're bottom 10 in efficiency in the red zone and on third downs because of that. Like That one-dimensional style of offense is letting defenses have an edge, right? And I think that is where maybe Baltimore showed up a little bit more. They also just didn't, the offense didn't fall off in the second half. We've seen time and time again, Lamar and, and, and Greg Roman and that offense really struggled in the second half of games. They actually pulled, you know, um, you know, pu- pulled through in the second half, uh, scoring what, thir- 24 points in the second half to kind of pull out that victory. So, well, that was last week. This is this week. Eagles are favored by 14 on the road against the Houston Texans. Houston Texans, the 32nd ranked team in my power rankings, probably the 32nd ranked team in everyone's power rankings are technically not slotted to pick number one overall because of the tie. Detroit Lions have the worst record in the NFL right now, but man, this Houston Texans team is bad. Davis Mills, second to last in paper drop back. The defense, second to last in yards allowed per game. Damian Pierce has been a highlight. Brandon Cook's cryptic tweets have been a highlight, but everything outside of that in Houston, there is a problem, and I don't think it's going away. Yeah, I mean, this team is bad. I think this probably the Eagles have had an easy schedule, but this is easily the worst team that they've played, and they don't match. I mean, the Texans just don't match up with the Eagles well. The Eagles are first in rushing success rate, third in rushing EPA per play. The Texans are 30th in rushing success rate on defense and 28th in EPA per play. in terms of stopping the run. So the Eagles should be able to run all over this team. And then when you look at what the Texans have done this year, I mean, you last week they, they went up against Malik Willis. Um, and obviously Derrick Henry ran all over him. And, uh, and then, you know, the Raiders put up 38 points. The Chargers put up 34 points and they were banged up. Uh, and so it's just like they have no prayer at stopping the Eagles in this matchup. My model actually makes this 17. So there's a reason why you saw this line go up from 13 to 14. And believe it or not, the sharp money is going to be on the Eagles. The sharp money is going to be on the Eagles. The public is going to be on the Eagles. This is just one-way traffic. And I just don't know if the bookmakers can make this line high enough. The, the Eagles are favored by 14, two touchdowns, essentially. And, and you could see more money come on this, 14 and a half, 15, 16, like you're saying. When there are big spreads like that, I know oftentimes you'll see money dumped on the under. When you look at last week, they were big favorites over the Pittsburgh Steelers. That game finished 35-13, total of 48. The, the total in this this week is set at 45 and a half. Are you seeing any value on kind of holding your nose and taking the under in this game just because you're going to have such a lopsided affair? And oftentimes that can lead to, I mean, we saw last week Jalen Hurts you know, the starters were pulled out nine minutes into the, you know, nine minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. And now you still saw, I think, the Pittsburgh Steelers score a touchdown late in that game that, that allowed that total to get to 48. But man, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Hurts doesn't play the fourth quarter, right? And that allows for so much gas to be taken off this game that maybe under 45 and a half could be a side to play. Yeah. And I mean, this is a weird one just because, I mean, my model actually puts this at 42. Um, I think we opened at 43 and we're seeing some line movement up to 45. So, I'm kind of struggling with this one just because, I mean, it just feels like the Eagles can kind of get whatever they want offensively. I mean, we could easily see this game be, this could be 35-10. And and that's an old, I mean, well, this could be 35-10. This could be 35-13. Like, it's just, I, I, I can see the Eagles putting up 40 on their own. And, you know, one thing I will say is that I don't really like to lay double digits in the NFL at all. Mm-hmm. But, you do see these Thursday night matchups. They tend to be mismatches. And the one thing I will say, and I, and I know it's not really correlated with this, but 
the, the Philadelphia Phillies could be winning the World Series at the same time as this game. And there's just something <laughs> going on in the water right now in Philly where just things are just rolling. And I, I, there's no way I would go against that. So I think the play here is the Philadelphia Eagles minus 13. Minus, minus I think there's some 13 and a half out in the market. Um, I think you grab that. I wouldn't even really worry about the total, honestly. I, I, I'm going to take the total. You know, I'm, I'm going to go against that. You look at uh, Brandon Cooks mm-hmm. this week, not practicing. I think it's for risk or personal. That's what it's listed mm-hmm. at on the injury report. Maybe he doesn't play in this game. He had, that cryptic tweet he sent out said something about, you don't mess with my career. Uh, obviously was not traded at the deadline, despite, I think a lot of people expecting him to get moved at the deadline. And then you look at other players they are not going to play in this game for the Houston Texans, Malik Collins, Nico Collins, Neville Hewitt, Justin McCray. They, they have a lot of players out in this game. And I, do, I, I think Nick Sirianni takes the gas off a little bit. I, I honestly, yeah. like him, him pulling the starters with nine minutes remaining in the fourth quarter, that game was not away yet. And I think Houston, this could be a game where in the second half, end of the third quarter, it is mm. a 30-point blowout, 31, 35-point blowout. So I'm going to lean the under. I, li- I like short week unders what, this year. Go ahead. What do you think about the team total? Because I think we're, we're seeing a team total of 14 and a half, um, 15 for the Houston Texans. I think I kind of like that under. Yeah, no, actually, I, I think if you don't want to take the full game under at 45 and a half, Texans under 14 and a half, under 15 and a half, if you can get that number, I like that one a lot too. I, I, I think that's, that's definitely where there's some value. The other thing I'll mention, Looking at markets where there's two touchdown favorites, which there aren't a lot of, and there aren't a lot of, there isn't a lot of sample size or data on this. I always look at two touchdown score props. So you look at Fandle has Jalen Hurts at plus 500 to score two times, Miles Sanders plus 600 to score twice, AJ Brown plus 650. I'm not looking at Texans players to score twice, but then you have Dallas Goddard at plus 1200. I, I don't know. I might sprinkle like, 0.25 half unit on some of those two touchdown scores just because there's you know this game is projected them to win by two touchdowns and we saw against the Pittsburgh Steelers last week AJ Brown just like ignite in flames taking over that game I, I think this Houston Texans pass defense might be a little bit better and be more wary of you know AJ Brown and what he's able to do down the field so looking at a Goddard at plus 1200 or a Miles Sanders at plus 600 even Hurts at plus 500 I think that sprinkling a little bit of units across the board there in just a game where the Eagles are expected to dominate offensively and have so many touchdown opportunities. I know that market's not beat into efficiency. There's not wide data sets on two touchdown favorites. I think there's probably opportunity in that market too. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I, I like that. Uh, do you have any, um, do you have anything for like first touchdown score? First touch, I, I hate, I, I, I haven't talked about it on this podcast, but I hate playing first time touchdown score. That, I, that's just too luck dependent for me. I mean, there's too much. Yeah, that's too much how random, I feel too. too. Too much randomness in that. And now, like anytime touchdown scorer, the fact that you can't bet opposite, I, I hate props that you can't bet opposite sides of. And I know that you have, obviously, with the two touchdown score, there's no opposite side of that. You can't bet Jalen Hurts not to score two touchdowns. But anytime touchdown scorer, if you bet Jalen Hurts, it's minus 120. You're getting 20, 20, you're getting minus 120 on him to score a touchdown in this game. There's just too much randomness in that. It could hand it off to Miles Sanders, could be Kenny Gainwell. I, I don't like betting um, those types of props, even in a game where you're expecting them to score. The anytime touchdown scorer stuff, I just, I, AJ Brown is plus 105. Almost even yeah. money to score a touchdown in this game. Like, there's a very good chance, as good as the Eagles are, that they don't because Goddard opens up in the back of the end zone. And even Goddard, Goddard is plus 180. Like, you're not getting an efficient market there. Do not touch, yeah. in my opinion, the anytime touchdown market. It's just, you're not getting enough edge. Whereas the two touchdown market, I think you probably have, you know, you know Dallas Goddard goes from plus 180 to score a touchdown to plus 1,000 to score two. I, I think you're getting more opportunity and more value in there. Yeah, I, I think the only time I like to touch those anytime touchdown scores is 
if there's a running back who I know is going to get touches at the one. And that's typically yes. at the Super Like in the Super Bowl or something like that. Like even, even in this game, Damian Pierce, who this the team total is set at 14 and a half, but I am expecting more than two touchdowns in this game. If you bet any time touchdown score with Damian Pierce, it's plus 140. That's not good enough. Like you're not getting good value on that. That's ridiculous. I I'm, I'm not touching those. I think I, I think that uh you, you avoid those at all costs. Um other other props in this one, Davis Mills could be throwing the ball a lot. And sometimes I look at over attempts in big, big um, you know, big dogs. You see Davis Mills' attempts at 34 and a half and the overjuice to minus 130. Maybe the value squeezed out of that, but I would have probably had on that maybe earlier in the week. The player prop stuff, though, bet Eagles, bet multiple touchdown stuff if you like some of the value in that. And I like, I think the biggest bet I'm probably going to make on this game is Houston Texans under team total if I can get it at 14 and a half or 15 and a half. Yeah, I, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. Uh, I, the one I find interesting is, ugh, I was looking at Davis Mills' interception. And it's, that's you. That's juice at minus two hundred five for the. Yes. Oh my god! No. So so I have a take. I have a take on these. When you are in yes no props, which is interception or no interception. Remember, you talk about player props, so you can bet both sides. You can bet that yes he throws an interception. No, there's a lot of value across a full season, not in like single games like this. Not like it's hard to like evaluate within single matchups. There's a lot of value in taking plus money in those yes nos. Like looking at yes. Eagles, like you look at Jalen Hurts plus one forty four to throw interception. They have not thrown a lot of picks this year. They have not turned the ball over a lot, but it's a way better betting that at plus one forty four than the no at minus minus one ninety four, just because of how volatile and random picks are, right? Like it could clang off of Dallas Goddard's face and into the hands of you know a, a random Houston Texans defensive tackle. They're less. Their interceptions are a lot noisier than people believe, and I think with Davis Mills, he's a terrible quarterback. He throws a lot of picks. He's terrible. Plus 152 to not throw a pick? I don't know. I, I could be on board with that. I could be on board with it, but then you're just sweating out. The, the, the thing I hate about it is sweating out a no interception prop with a bad quarterback. You're like literally like praying. Yeah. A guy that a, a guy that's going to throw maybe 34, 35 times, you're just praying every single time it's not, it's not picked. As bad as he is, those are hard. Those are tough sweats for me, man. That, the people who bet those are like looking for value across full seasons and taking plus EV and all this shit. They're not actually watching these games and sweating through some of these nasty uh, yes-no interception props. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I found that outlandish that you have to lay juice for him to throw an interception. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not ju- not even just juice, minus 205. That's insane. That's insane. Minus 205 is just aggressive. That's Davis Mills slander, in my opinion. I'm not betting the other side because I don't want to watch the entire game and just hoping that Davis Mills doesn't, like, throw a pick. But, man, that's that's insane that they're betting. You, you can get minus 205 for him to throw a pick in this game. That's going to do it for the NFL side of this. Make sure you tune in with me at Raheem every single week where we talk Thursday Night Football. We've been on a little bit of a run. Did not have the best of weeks last week, but I, I like our bet this week. I like Houston Texans under team total if you get it at 14 and a half, 15 and a half. But you know, you know what, though? I mean, we it's a shame that we recorded the podcast last week on a Wednesday because, man, you, we spoke through text message and when yes. that money went on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we said that this was a, a great teaser leg for Baltimore. I think I Absolutely. actually tweeted it out. So, I mean, sometimes <laughs> it's just the fact that we record these so early, we can't get you the the the, the closing line value that you would get. So That's a good point. As soon as that line moved out to Ravens plus two, you and I like text each other at the same time. We're like, Ravens did a teaser leg. And like, obviously they, they, they cover that outright when they win. But like, that was a good teaser leg if you could get it. I think that's that's taking advantage of the, you know, those key numbers and getting through the key number three and getting through the key number seven. All right, let's bring in Roger and talk some college football. Not as big as spreads. Let's bring in my guy, Roger Sherman. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. 
I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Start the NFL week off right with a no-sweat same-game parlay every Thursday from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. It does not matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. Every Thursday night, you'll get free bets back if your NFL same-game parlay doesn't hit. Same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. This week, my same-game parlay, Texans versus Eagles. Texans at home are 14-point dogs. I don't know how they're going to stand a chance against this, against this Philadelphia Eagles team. I like Texans under. Total points, 15 and a half. I don't think they score more than 15 and a half points. And I also like Miles Sanders on the other side of the ball. Over 50 rushing yards, and he finds the end zone. Those three legs together in a same-game parlay, plus 260. 100 bucks wins you 260 bucks in that same-game parlay on FanDuel. Build your own or choose from one of the popular SGPs pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. However you want to play, you can bet the NFL every Thursday night with a no-sweat same-game parlay. And with FanDuel's new live same-game parlays, you can continue building SGPs even after the game has started. Just sign up using code GAMBLERS. That's G-A-M-B-L-E-R-S. If you don't already have an account, that's promo code GAMBLERS to get free bets back if your SGP doesn't hit. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older in select states. Three plus legs. Minimum $1 bet required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable. Free bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max free bet $5. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fandle.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, or Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-878-9777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. That's 467-369. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. The Raj Father, college football's madman, Roger Sherman. You had to push our meeting today because you're working on a story. What are you writing up these days, Raj? Uh, I well, it's not about college football, so I'm losing my cred. Oh it's no, about what the, is it? Uh, it? I'm writing about the uh, how people in Germany actually really love football. Ooh, like ahead of the the NFL game in Germany next week, and I had to push the meeting because you see, um, it's like uh, six hours ahead over there, so I, I'm trying to talk to people in Germany for it. And, and gotcha. uh, my board, my boardings are pretty booked up with German people these days. Love that. <laughs> well, I, 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 when I saw the note, I was like, man, what's he working on? I wonder if he's, you know, you know, watching, watching some of these games this week. We got the game of the year up here. Number one, Tennessee. I say number one, Tennessee, because I abandoned the AP poll once the college football playoff stuff comes out. Number one, Tennessee against number three, Georgia. Georgia, an eight and a half point favorite at home. Total set at 65 and a half. I'm going to say this before we get into the game. Shut up. Shut up if you bring up the college football playoff poll. Just shut up. It doesn't matter until the end. Why did the college football playoff poll rank Tennessee number one? 
because that's cool to do. And when they lose this week, they can drop them and no one will be upset. Like, I, like it's not that dissimilar to me having the Vikings at five. I don't think the Vikings probably are the fifth best team in the NFL, but it's easier to keep them there until they lose. Like I, the college football playoff discourse is so bad. Like people do not realize what, what they're doing, what they're trying to do by like aggravating the rankings and getting the ratings up and all that stuff. Putting Tennessee one, probably the only time this season they'll be it and and then dropping them after they lose to Georgia is so much better for them and so much easier because it's stirred an entire freaking college football fan base into a frenzy. Now And then after this week, Georgia's going to be number one and everyone's going to shut up and everything's going to be fine. Yeah, I think you pretty much nailed it. Uh, I'm really excited that Tennessee is number one this week. I'm also yes. not picking them. I'm picking Georgia. Like, can you imagine? Like, and like, there are reasons to put them one. It's like, oh, they beat they beat Alabama. Like, they're you know that's they they face a tougher schedule than Georgia. Like, shut up. You put them number one because the ratings, baby. The ratings, number one versus number three. It's, Athens, Georgia. It's a ratings play, and I love it. I love it. I'm sorry, but I love it. There's there's not really much of an argument based on like which team do you think would win tomorrow. Yes, you'd have to, you'd have to go Georgia. Of course, you have to say Georgia. No, of course. That's Georgia's favored by eight and a half a reason. They're playing at home, but like it's a win-win situation. You put Tennessee one, and then drop them after they lose to Georgia. Easy money, you know, functional. If you put Tennessee one and they beat Georgia, you're like, ha ha, we told you Tennessee is better. Like that, it's a win-win situation, and I'm I'm obsessed with I'm obsessed with it, and I hate anyone that disagrees. Luckily, we both agree. That's perfect. That's perfect. I, I'm glad I don't hate you. I don't know where Stefan is on it. But all right. So anyway, let's preview the freaking game. Like I said, Georgia, Georgia's, <laughs> 8. An, eight and a half, <laughs> Georgia's an eight and a half point favorite. The total set at 65 and a half. Tennessee has scored more than 40 points in six of eight games this year. And they're coming off an absolute bludgeoning over Will Levis and the Kentucky Wildcats. A 44 to six nightmare on Elm Street situation for the Kentucky Wildcats. Then for Georgia... Only real close game this season has been against Missouri with that meme of like the big kicker kind of doing whatever dance he was doing after some of those kicks. They still won that game. You could argue that Florida was starting to come back, but honestly, like this Georgia rushing attack, when they want to run the football, they can. And when you have leads like they did against Florida, it's just so hard to crawl back in the games. Stetson Bennett in the second half of that game, I thought made a lot of mistakes that almost brought Florida back into it. But honestly, like this Georgia team, when you get a lead, even if it's by seven, 10, run the football. They have the best rushing offense in EPA per rush. like or, or number three in EPA per rush. Number six in EPA per play. Like They are a dominant, dominant offensive line up front, and they can run the football. If you get a lead here against Tennessee, I, I, I think that's, that's dangerous, man, because you want, for Tennessee to win this game, you want it to be a shootout. You have to have it to be a shootout. You have to see Georgia lean on Stetson Bennett. In a shootout, I like Tennessee. If, if Georgia finds ways, and you saw Kirby Smart, I don't know if you saw Kirby Smart mention, he's like, I want everyone, and he said, it, the quote was, if you come to this game and you have a voice and you can speak after Saturday, you didn't yell hard enough. Like, he's trying to bring out the atmosphere here. It's a classic Go Dogs energy. This Athens, Athens is going to be an absolute madhouse if Georgia gets out to a 7, 10-point lead and, like, one three and out to start this game for Tennessee. You know, two, two stall drives. And it could be it could be a wrap, honestly, because Georgia, when they get these leads and they don't have to have Astes and Bennett to throw the football, they can play stout defense and they can run the football, and that's how they win games in the SEC. What's your early read on this game? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we have to worry about Georgia scoring at all. They're they're going to score. They're like we're so used to hyping up their defense because understand last year their defense was incredible, but they're hitting overs, man. They're they're putting up points every week. Um, like you said, they're just running the ball 
I think the question that's going to define this game, you and I have been hand and hooker hype men all year long, is wow. whether Hendon, Triple H, Triple H, baby, uh, is whether they can they can get points on Georgia's defense. I think they can, but not enough for this to actually be a competitive game. There will really? be stops. I I I I don't think they're going to cover the eight and a half. I'm on Tennessee. I'm on Tennessee covering the so eight and a half. So why'd you give the whole big speech about how no, about you... No, so here, I thought we were... I said, hey, listen, listen. I said, if Tennessee can't come out hot and they, a couple three and outs, a couple stall drives, and they allow Georgia to run the football, it's going to be very difficult for Tennessee to get into this game. What I do think is going to happen is Josh Heupel is going to come out with his ass on fire. This opening script is they're going to put it in one of the testaments of the Bible. It's going to be Hendon Hooker hype all day. They're going to stretch this defense out. That's what Tennessee and Hypo like to do. They run wide formations. Receivers are practically on each sideline with a bunch, you know, bunches and stacks, and it's going to force Georgia to run light boxes with a defense that's down their best player. Nolan Smith out for the season. He's their highest graded player according to Pro Football Focus on the defensive side of the ball, and I think Tennessee takes advantage of zigging to the SEC's zag. Like, they see a lot of light boxes because they run spread out looks. They run wide formations. I think Georgia's defense, very talented, both up front and in the secondary. Keely Ringo, the sec- uh, the defensive back for them, is probably going to be a first-round pick. Like, they have a lot of talent. <laughs> but I like I like Tennessee to come out hot, hot enough to force this into a shootout situation, just like they did against Bama. Like, for- they're like going to they come out a- they're gonna come Dude, out and just so shoot it. You were so fired up for this game. You gave, like, a two-minute speech about how, how great Georgia is. And then gave another two minute speech how how great Tennessee is. You're fired uh, I, up. I, I I thought Tennessee was a great underdog against Alabama, and now they are the number one team in the country for exactly one week. I'm in on Tennessee. I like them to cover the eight and a half. I'm sprinkling a half unit on the money line. I like them plus one ninety eight to win the first half. I like money line first half because I think they're coming out hot. I think they're coming out hot. They fourth in EPA per play, first in EPA per pass, and here's the stat. First in average depth of target. They attack downfield. This Georgia defense is built to hit you up front and stop the run and limit things in front of them. We saw it against Bama. That was the worst secondary performance we've seen against Bama, what, in my lifetime? Maybe when I was a baby, they had a worse performance? And that's because of this attacking offense and what they're able to do, stretching out teams and pushing the ball downfield to Jalen Hyatt, who I think has 11 touchdowns of 20-plus yards this year. No other college football player has more than five. I like Tennessee covering the eight and a half, and I like them. I like their value on the money line. I, I, honestly, like I think it's important to separate like betting analysis from like who you actually think is going to win this game. Like I think it's a value to bet them on the money line. If you gave me even money, there's a zero percent chance I'm betting Tennessee. Like the, Georgia's at home, they're favored by eight and a half for a reason. I'm not betting Georgia even money to win this game, but I like the value uh, of Tennessee on the money line this week. All I, right, I feel I Go feel ahead. like we're also not just handed hooker hype boys, but it sounds Triple like H. you're a you're a handed hooker Heisman boy. Hendon Hooker Heisman will be a thing. Triple H will be a thing. It'll go from hype to Heisman if he wins this game, obviously. Then it goes from hype to Heisman if he wins this game. In Athens? In Athens? I mean, this game's going to be electric. Turn on your TVs. Turn on your TVs. 3.30, 3.30 Eastern. It's going to be quite the treat. You're going to have to turn it on. So right now, Hendon Hooker plus 100 to win the even money to win the Heisman. Good bet or bad bet? That's a bad bet. I, I, that's, that's a bad, bad bet. bet. You don't, that's you a, don't think there's a 50% <laughs> chance that he's winning the Heisman? The, the, Hendon, the Hendon Hooker hype stops there. Plus 100 for him to win the Heisman's a little aggressive. Like, I think yeah, I mean, be... you, could get, you could get Stroud at plus 200. Yeah. And, and it, it could be someone from down the line. 
And also, there's still two really strong opportunities for Tennessee to lose, like this game, and even if they win this yeah. game, they could win the lose the SEC championship game. Uh, Ohio State could go undefeated. So, yeah, I, I think Stroud, Stroud is plus two hundred, and I, I mean, I think he might be in a better positioning to 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 win the highest. I mean, just only because like playing the market. Tennessee's eight and a half point dogs and like significant plus money on the money line for a reason. Now, what you can also bet now is college football playoff. Tennessee's minus 125 right now to make the college football playoff. I don't know if I like that either, right? Like, I well, mean, you're, you're, here's you're, the you're, thing. You're, <laughs> I, I think if they, I think what's going to happen is they're going to lose this game to Georgia and finish the rest of their season undefeated. And that's a college football playoff team. But because they're not going to have to play in the SEC championship game if they lose, they're fine. Yeah, but then you're you're in the conversation of if Bama beats Georgia in the SEC title, then you're in the conversation of three SEC three teams, SEC co- teams, which I just don't think we're getting do. to the I, fun part of the season, man. We're yes, getting to that's the fun gonna be part. fun. That's gonna be fun. No, All right, let's talk November some- is when college football rules. We gotta let's breeze talk- through these next couple games because <laughs> we're so hyped about Tennessee Georgia. Oh, I mean, it's the game of the year. It's the game of the year. Let's talk through um, the another SEC matchup. Number ten uh, LSU hosting number six Alabama. Um, Alabama, obviously 7-1 on the season. Their only loss to Josh Heupel, the other H in the Triple H, Hendon Hooker, Heisman hype. The, LSU, the, hype, the Heupel Hooker, Heisman hype. <laughs> um, it, LSU's a 13.5 point dog and the total set at 57.5. I, I don't like this LSU team. Like, I don't. I, I think they've been better down the stretch. I, I, I think this is a bad matchup and there's a reason they're 13.5 point dogs. I, I honestly... I think the 13 and a half, when you see that, especially in college football, where the lines are less efficient. What does that mean, Austin? You say that all the time. Lines are less efficient in college football because there isn't as big of a handle in college football. Not as many people bet college football as they bet the NFL. Duh. So when they put a 13 and a half out there, they're kind of teasing the public to say, oh, wow, I can get Alabama at minus 13 and a half. That means I get them if they win by two scores. I'm going to take Bama. That always scares me. That always scares me in inefficient markets. That makes me want to take LSU. But I give me a reason to take LSU plus 13 and a half because I just don't think they match up well with Bama. Because Jaden Daniels is looking like the guy I thought he was going to be uh, four years ago, man. Last week uh, against, or two weeks, when they played Ole Miss, and I came on here and picked Ole Miss, and then they went 45 to 20. They were down 17 to three. And then in three quarters, they put up 42 points. He's I I when he was a freshman at Arizona State, he beat Oregon late in the year. He threw for four hundred yards, a lot of it to Brandon Ayuk. I was like, this guy is a star. And then he kind of wasn't a star for three years. And <laughs> and now he 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 had three hundred passing at a hundred running last week. They put up forty five points, two straight games. And like you said, Alabama's defense can't give up fifty points if the if they, they don't look great back there sometimes. Just, just as I said that, right? Just as I said, man, this is where you know the public wants the you know, the, the betting market's telling the public to bet on Bama, but the sharps are going to take LSU. The line just moved from thirteen and a half to twelve and a half, like that, like that, that that. You saw I, it happen. I, I like just it, saw it happen on Fanduel right now as we speak. I just saw it move from thirteen. I don't know. Obviously, they can't listen to the podcast yet. Was it after I said Jada Daniels is good? <laughs> It might be after, but so like you're going to see, I think sharp money on on LSU here at home. It's already moved from thirteen and a half to twelve and a half. I don't know if it gets much further down. I don't think there's value in the spread though. When you have that kind of sharp money backing what I think is the obvious worst side here, I, I, I think that, that that Vegas knows something that I don't. I'm staying away from the line. I'm staying away from this game. 
if I'm betting anything, I'm maybe including Bama in a money line parlay. But honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Do you have a strong lean here? I I was on uh, LSU plus plus thirteen and a half, and now it's changed. No, I'll, <laughs> I'll for for because I came in here hyping them up. I'll I'll stick with LSU. I'll stick with LSU too. Just follow the sharp money here. Taking already at thirteen and a half down to twelve. I'll take LSU plus twelve and a half. All right. Last game here, and then you have something you've been talking about for years. Oh, my God. It feels like. The texts have been relentless. But one more game here really quickly. Only because this is a tight spread, dude. Number four, Clemson, in the college football playoff, is only a a three-and-a-half-point favorite in South Bend against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Total set at 44-and-a-half. Clemson's coming off a bye, which you you rarely talk about the bye weeks in college football because they're so random. But coming off a bye, extra week to prepare for Notre Dame, Yes, they do have to make the trip to South Bend. I heard Dave, um, uh, Dabo Sweeney talk about you know when he benched DJ Uingalele against Syracuse. They did win that game. It was like, hey, you put your ace on the mound, and he doesn't have his. Day. It wasn't his day. You put someone else in, but he's still your ace. And so they're going to play DJ Uingalele in this game. He's played a lot better this year than he did last year. The benching last week I did find surprising, but they were losing that game. Clemson's only pulled out one score wins over Syracuse and Florida State over the last three weeks. Obviously, would include the bye most recently. Whereas Notre Dame is coming off a 41-24 win on the road against Syracuse the previous week. I don't know where to sit on this game. The line being this tight, though, makes me kind of want to bet Notre Dame at home. I I think what's happening here, the line, one of the reasons this line is tight is because we all saw the Clemson-Syracuse game where Clemson needed to come back against Syracuse. And then we all saw last week another national TV game, Syracuse gets beat up by Notre Dame. So -hmm. it's easy for us to say, wow, Notre Dame looks like they're on par with Clemson because Notre Dame comfortably beat Syracuse and Clemson struggled with Syracuse. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. Don't think that way. In the Clemson-Syracuse game, Clemson outgained Syracuse 450 to 291. The game was close because they had four turnovers. They lost a fumble for a touchdown. That's why the score was close. That's why they needed to come back late. The Notre Dame game last week, Notre Dame averaged 4.8 yards per play. Syracuse averaged 4.6. They are not a significantly better team than Syracuse. The other way, exactly, basically the opposite thing happens. Notre Dame got a pick six early. They injured Syracuse's quarterback. So the game looked a little bit more lopsided. They they only went nine for 19 passing for 116 yards. I'm definitely on Clemson with the... And the th- with the three and a half point spread. I th- I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back you here. For the same reasons I talk about these inefficient markets in college football. It's Notre Dame at home. South Bend's going to be rocking. They're coming off a monster win over Syracuse. But they're still giving you the hook. Fandle's still giving you the hook to get there under three and a half. I'm taking Clemson minus three and a half. I'm going against the grain here. I like them on the road. Especially give Dabo an extra week to prepare. I like him to light it up here. I, li- Plus, I like DJ and Galele. It's the only place DJ's ever played a good game. It's true. Remember, it's two, so true. Two years ago. Two oh, years ago was, at Notre I, Dame. I had, I had a lot of money on that game, too, and they botched it. I had a lot of money on that game. Ah, oh, he botched it. I, I wanted that one. But right. he put up 400 but, anyway. Yeah, I know, but they botched it. He still botched it. They botched I, it. I, 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 don't bring up that game. I, I'm sweating already thinking about it. I had too much money on that. All right, last thing here. You wanted to talk I about a little Air talk Force about... Army matchup here. Just take the reins. Just take the reins. This is a topic very near and dear and profitable to my heart. <laughs> The Service Academy under. The total in this game is set at 40.5. You're like, that's low. 
Since 2005, in the last 50 games between the three service academies, Army, Air Force, Navy, the under is 41 and nine. Oh my God. That is over 80% it hits, the under hits. Like this is gambling, dude. If you're like 56%, you're golden. 80% of the time, the under hits. And the logic here is basically like this. The models say the score will be higher, um, but this is a game between two teams that run the triple option offense. It's running on first down, running on second down, running on third down. You're going to run on fourth down a lot of the time. They're running, running, running. The clock runs. Both teams are running it. You know it's going to be a low-score game. But the thing is, those offenses work. So it looks like these are kind of efficient offenses. They work when they're playing teams that aren't used to playing the triple option. Two weeks ago, Army plays Louisiana Monroe. They run for 441 yards. They score seven touchdowns. They win 48 to 24. They hit the over. When they're playing a team that doesn't know how to deal with the fullback dives and the pitches and the da da da, and a team that's built to defend the pass, they they put up numbers. But when two service academies play against each other, you're they're the offense is going up against a defense that plays against the option every day in practice. And these are the games they practice for the hardest all year long. They're looking forward to that game against Navy, that game against Air Force. So when these two teams play, it's like two identical twin brothers getting into a fight and just they know all the other guys' moves. They know exactly what's going to happen. They're just running into a goddamn wall three straight times and punting. The last Service Academy game in October, Navy Air Force, the score was 13-10. to Army-Navy last year, 17-13. This game last year was 21-14 to in overtime. It got to overtime, so it, it went over 30 points, which is rare. The last six games between service academies have been under 40 points. The last five games between Army and Air Force have been under 40 points. If you look at a model, it'll tell you the quality of these offenses, defenses, the score should be in the 50s or or around there. But man, I am heavily on the under 40.5. It's it's the the one the 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 most Beautiful thing at all of football is the service academy under. That is my speech. Do you buy the trend? Are you riding with me? I, I I don't just buy the trend, right? Like I'm I'm I understand the logic, right? And so does the public. According to PFF, 86% of the money on this game is bet on the under. Like people, people everyone understands that these games often go under, and that's an obvious trend. Air Force runs the ball 83% of the time. Army runs the ball 86% of the time. Like, th- this is a game that's going to be nasty and gross. The only time these games go over is when crazy turnovers happen, which is hard to do when you don't throw the ball, or you bust off big plays. And now, both defenses have been bad this year. Army worse than what Air Force has done, and that's why they're favored by 7.5 in this game. But they've both been outside the top 50 in college football in terms of EPA per play allowed. That's but the they only know, scare I have. Yeah, They know how to stop this specific thing. They're You're built right. to right. stop this specific thing. So that's the logic behind it. I, I, when I see a trend, I'm I'm sometimes a little bit scared because it could just be random. But this is a trend that goes back 17 years and a trend that has like a pretty good explanation behind it. So that's why I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it with you. I'm betting the under. I think there are salute, three other salute games. Salute the troops hit the under. There are three other games with a total set at 40 and a half this week. Can you guess which Big Ten team is involved in one of those games? 
It's our uh, Iowa, Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm going to go with the Iowa Hawkeyes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's our Iowa Hawkeyes. I was like, oh, man, 40 and a half. That's low for a college football game. Is there any other games like that? Oh, the Iowa Hawkeyes are playing in but, another game where the total is set at 40 and a half. We don't, we don't love the Iowa Hawkeyes because they don't, they're not the troops. It's true. It's true. We support the troops. None of the Iowa them. Hawkeyes are going to defend their country after, after they score seven points. And for that, we hope that Army and Air Force <laughs> score a combined 40 points or fewer. That's going to do it for the college football segment of the Ringer Gambling Show. Make sure you tune in every single week. It's not not just for the game of the year, not for just Triple H, quadruple H if you include Hypel in there. It, uh, tune in every week because we're talking college football every single week. We also, at the top of the hour, obviously talk some Raheem Palmer-led NFL analysis of Thursday Night Football. Until next time, Raheem Palmer, Roger Sherman, Asi Gale, Raheem, oh, whoa, I just said Raheem again. Stefan Anderson for producing the Ringer Gambling Show.